Welcome to Recovery at Pal. My name is Kelly, and I'm a recovering alcoholic, and I breathe by God's grace. We believe that God allows us to call out to Him just as we are, and that we are worthy of the love and the help of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. No matter what's holding you down, such as grief and loss, addiction, codependency, sexual integrity, or your loved one who suffers from addiction, we are all recovering from something. We recover with Jesus, the 12 steps, and we recover together as a community. You can find our recovery page at palchurch.com. Click on the recovery link to find out more about us. Visit with us Thursdays for a free meal, worship, and small groups. In the meantime, please take a deep breath, invite Jesus to sit with you, and enjoy this message of hope that follows. So far within our series in Matthew's Gospel, uh, he's offered us Jesus, our great teacher, as we've studied steps one and two and three. And we've learned that we can admit that we are truly powerless and that our lives have become unmanageable. That only God holds that power and that we never had it. And that is incredibly good news for us. And we've come to believe that a power greater than ourselves can restore us to sanity as Jesus calls out to us personally by name and he opens his arms to us and he invites us in to follow him. And last week we made the decision to turn our will and our life over to the care of God as we offered up our thoughts and our actions to be salt and to be light for his glory, for our Father in heaven. May his kingdom come as we find his peace. And this week, We look at step four, the dreaded step four. And we will make a fearless and searching moral inventory of ourselves. Jesus, our great teacher, he he keeps us safe and he will lead us all the way into step four. Because if we are to really continue forward, stepping into God's will for us, his children, we have to look inward at ourselves. But first, let's look at our scripture. It's our first reading tonight, and we're going to look at Jesus as he teaches us how to pray to our God, our Heavenly Father in heaven. And Jesus tells us that our loving Father, he knows exactly what we need, even before we ever ask. He sees into our hearts, even before we ask him, so that we might embrace the courage to face our fears in step four, we'll be in Matthew's gospel as Jesus speaks in chapter six and it's verses nine through 13. Hear these words from Jesus, our teacher. Pray then in this way. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us into the time of trial, but rescue us from the evil one. Will y'all pray with me? Sovereign Father, thank you that your name is holy. Lord, that you sent us your gracious Son, loving in all of his ways to be our teacher. We offer our gratitude to you. Tonight, Father, you call on us to go deeper into the 12 steps for our recovery. We ask that you protect us, that you direct us to the light of Jesus as you heal our wounds. 
We trust you. And we want to depend upon you fully. Thank you, Father, for the free gift of grace, which comes from Jesus, our teacher. We offer you our prayer in his sweet and precious name. Amen. What we just read in scripture tonight is often called the Lord's Prayer. And you've probably heard uh, the Lord's Prayer prayed in this way most often. This is what we're familiar with. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And we've heard this prayer in church. We've heard this prayer in our homes. And we've heard this prayer in our, in our anonymous rooms as well. And even for those of us who haven't really grown up in any kind of spiritual atmosphere, we've at least heard the Lord's Prayer along our past, haven't we? Somewhere along our way, we've heard the Lord's Prayer. And Jesus, our teacher, he teaches his disciples how to pray this prayer. And through future disciples and by his holy word, we've learned to pray this prayer too. But Jesus, he gives us this simple but meaningful prayer to learn from our hearts. But before that, before he instructs his disciples on how to pray that prayer, he continues to teach, to preach his Sermon on the Mount. And last week for step three, uh, we looked at the Beatitudes as Jesus began his sermon. And then for many, many verses, after what we read last week, Jesus will teach his followers all kinds of lessons so that they and we, that we may know that we are to be aware of our sins, that we're to be aware of our shortcomings and that we're to be aware of our character defects. And how can we pray to God simply without fancy words? That's what Jesus is teaching us as we look at, at our inventory. And as God helps us, we go about doing that with his help so that we may ask God to cast out any of that clutter that's in our lives as we make that decision, as we've decided to live in his glory, rescued and free and forgiven. Step four says we make a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. In other words, we must remain in prayer. Now, let's see. Yep, I skipped a page. I'm gonna go back. Um, what's important about everything that Jesus says in our inventory, it's, it's, it's a lot. It's in chapter 5 and it's in chapter 6. If we read it all tonight, we'd be here a really long time. And so what I want to tell you what's important about that inventory is that the scripture that Jesus teaches us in that, how to, pre how to pray that Lord's Prayer over our inventory and how we can identify that. And so uh, there's all this that we have to look, look at that we're hold, holding in, that we're, we're hiding in the dark, and we can be in his great light instead. And so in those behaviors, he lists out for us all of those things in those chapters five and six before the Lord's Prayer. That's really important. So there's areas of darkness that he discusses by Jesus. He does it in great detail for us, and they're described as anger and judgment, and also murder. Jesus doesn't really sugarcoat anything 
when he's teaching his disciples. He also mentions stealing and swearing and broken promises. He talks about adultery, problems within our marriages, and and problems within our divorces. He mentions complications with money and health and harmful choices. And he even says that we must find a way to love our enemies. That's really hard. That we can practice acts of kindness, service, and that we can practice acts of prayer. And that sounds really familiar, doesn't it? If you spend any time in our big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, or if you spend any time with a sponsor, this is starting to sound like a searching and fearless moral inventory, isn't it? In the list which Jesus gives us, it sounds like the brewing of a step four. And Jesus goes on to teach us that in order to turn away from these things, we need a rescue. We need rescuing from ourselves, from our replay, and from the evil one. So let's listen to the Lord's Prayer again as it's written in Scripture tonight, as Jesus teaches us. Pray then in this way. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us into the time of trial but rescue us from the evil one. So as we look at step four and we take that searching and fearless moral inventory, in other words, we must remain in prayer because it's a time right now as we're in prayer to make our list. We got to take our inventory, our resentments, our fears, and our harms done by us and to us. But instead, what do we do when we think to ourselves, hmm, step four? Uh, We say, hey, self, um, I like this one, two, three step thing. It's wonderful. Making me feel really good. I feel so much better, but I'm not sure I want to go as far as working a step four. That seems like a really scary place. And I'm not sure I'm willing to give that to anybody, to put it on paper even. But Jesus, our teacher, he says from that place of love, when we pray, we should pray in this way. Holy God, your kingdom come. Your will be done. And for your glory, Father, please rescue me. Brene Brown, she's an an anointed teacher, in my opinion, and she is an advocate for recovery all over the nation. And she's a gifted writer, and she's written all kinds of wonderful books. And uh, one of her key subjects, which uh, I find fascinating, uh, that she writes about, it's, it's full of insight and it's full of truth, and it's her passion for practicing willingness as we step into that place of personal vulnerability. None of us like that, I know. It gets real quiet every time we say vulnerability, and I get that. But instead of hiding in our dark places where it's familiar and it's safe, she teaches that we can actually face our fears and we can become vulnerable and we can learn about ourselves so that we can live happier, healthier, and truly in the light of who God calls us to be rescued from our kingdom so that we may flourish in God's kingdom. 
In her book called Daring Greatly, she explains vulnerability in this way. Vulnerability is not victory or defeat. Vulnerability is not weakness and the uncertainty, risk, and the emotional exposure we face every day is not optional. Our only, cha- our only choice is a question of engagement. Our willingness to own and engage with our vulnerability determines the depth of our courage and the clarity of our purpose, the level to which we protect ourselves from being vulnerable is a measure of our fear and our disconnection. And Jesus, our teacher, he instructs us that if we desire that personal rescue from evil that we just prayed about, we must be willing to get vulnerable. And it's time for us to make our list. Everything which is dark in our lives, which blocks us from the sunlight of his spirit. So we pray. And we pray some more. And Jesus walks us into step 12, and he does not leave us there. He offers us rescue from the evil one that only he can deliver to us to bring us from that heavy place of darkness. Let's look further into chapter 6 of Matthew's gospel. It's verses 19 through 23, and we're going to learn how to embrace that willingness to be vulnerable with Jesus, our teacher. This is what he says. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust consume and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust consumes and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. Amen. But if your eye is unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. When we work step four, when we make that searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves, we make a list and we write everything down on paper and we count up all of our resentments and our fears, and our harms, and we look at uh, what's no longer serving us well. And everything we once labeled as earthly treasure, everything we considered worth keeping, safe, and hidden in the dark, every treasure that turned into that worthless idol, it's exposed, and it's given to Jesus. Our recovery continues, and we get healthier in God's will, and by His grace. And His light consumes every single place that's in our hearts that is dark. We're set free by the help of our teacher. So what are the items that we store up? What are our earthly treasures? What keeps us in the dark away from our Lord and away from our Savior? What are they? Jesus, our teacher, shows us as we put all of this down on paper, as we uh, call on his strength, as we pray for his will, as we put everything down and we ask for his knowledge to guide us, we pray for the courage to get vulnerable with our teacher. And we can inventory all of our stuff that's brought us to that place for our recovery. Personal resentments. It's that daily replay, the daytime, the nighttime. We're always awake. We're not sleeping. 
And we're replaying that continual and that reoccurring feeling of that strong emotion like anger, like fear. We think about those specific instances of um, trauma and of loss. And it's the inability to stop thinking about that event. And that's what triggers our replay. It's that feeling of regret. It's that feeling of failure, even of avoidance and conflict and hiding. It's a sense of mourning that we have to give up our chemicals or our people. And we can't seem to control what used to make us feel really good. And now it all seems like we just feel bad, maybe even evil. And all of the earthly treasures which cause that emotional replay, that resentment, our kingdom. We write all that down. And we tackle our fears in the same way, and we put those down on paper too. Fear of facing our tense relationships with others. Fear of that rejection from our families, from our friendships, from our jobs. Fear of losing what we already have. Fear of not getting what we already desire. Fear of, what, of, of not having enough money. That's a big one, isn't it? Fear of losing the title that we have at work. Fear of losing the house or the image or the mask. Fear of the unknown, of what, of what might or might not happen tomorrow. Fear of the light in our very dark world. All of our earthly treasures, which now cause us fear, we have to write those down too. We also must face that all of our harmful decisions, every way that we've caused harm, our harmful actions, we look at who has caused us pain and we look at who we've, we've hurt as well. We put all of that down on paper. We have to look at all of this because if we're gonna get honest, and that's what we do in step four, we've made those hurts our idols. It's all that we think about, isn't it? And if we haven't left much room in our hearts for our teacher, for Jesus, we got to look at everything that we've got stored up. And we inventory every bit of it on paper so that Jesus can teach us how to discard these things that keep us in the darkness. So what do we store up? What is it that is good in our inventory? What are our assets in our step four inventory? What is God's will for our lives? How do we live in his kingdom? His kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, what do we need just for today? Not what do we want, because we're giving all of that away, aren't we? Jesus says, do store up treasures in heaven. So we got to make that list of that heavenly inventory of God's kingdom? What are our assets which allow Jesus to shine through us when we focus on the light which consumes all of the darkness instead? We can inventory what's good in our hearts, our heavenly treasures, kindness. We can be kind. We can be of service. We can pray for our loved ones and we can also pray for our enemies because they're on our list, aren't they? Yeah. Because we cannot change our enemies. Only God can do that. And so we pray. And for God to change us within step four, we put all of our good things on paper, our heavenly treasures. And we can offer that kind word to someone 
who's hurting. We can ask someone if they need a cup of coffee, if they need a meal, if there's an invitation that we need to extend to someone who needs Jesus. God has given us special spiritual gifts, and there are assets, and we can share them with someone else who needs a little piece of heaven. We inventory our heavenly treasures, our assets, and we offer these up to God. And who is our most heavenly treasure of all? It is Jesus. He is our teacher. We are to treasure him. He is our most prized possession. He's everything. And we hold him so very close, and he makes his home in our hearts. Because now, finally, there's room for him there. Finally. Jesus goes on to teach us further that our eye is the lamp of our body. And when our eyes are healthy, our whole body will be full of light, healthy, recovery. So my question for us tonight is, what are we looking at? When we don't work step forward, when we stay in that place of resentment in the dark, if we don't put it all down on paper and we don't see any of our hurts, And we don't see how we're hurting others either. How many times have we said, I'm not really hurting anybody, I'm just hurting myself? And we don't want to look at it. If our eye cannot be healthy, our scripture says that we are unhealthy. Jesus teaches us that our whole body will be full of darkness. And oh, how great is that darkness. It holds power over us. Never in our vulnerable and courageous places of light, but always in our weakest and our most darkest moments. We cannot focus on the light who is Jesus our Lord, and the isolation comes. The self-pity comes. The replay comes. And the relapse, it comes. We remain focused on the dark things in our recovery stories instead of being willing to work that step forward. When COVID came and landed and made its home right here in Powell, I don't know if any of y'all ever heard about that when it happened. Uh, me and my husband, we did what everyone else did. We hoarded. Yeah. We hoarded toilet paper, supplies, gas, all the things, all of the earthly treasures. But we especially bought up all the food. Lots of food. Um, especially non-perishables. For just two people in our household, uh, we like to um, go through the pasta and we like to go through the canned tomatoes and the beans and the tortillas. We cook a lot of Italian treasures and we cook a lot of Mexican treasures. We do that a lot. Uh, And so we hoarded up all of these things, all the dried pasta, all the things chili, all the sauces, all the dry rice products, all of that. All of those types of items, we really did. We hoarded it, and we stored it all up in our garage. In our garage, it's attached to the house, but it's not temperature controlled. It's not not got any heat. It's not got any air. Uh, It's a very, very dark place, hot in the summer, cold in the winter. And we had hoarded up so much pasta and rice, and if I'm honest, a lot of toilet paper, lots of TP. We'll save that for another sermon. Um, but uh, we had so much pasta and so much rice that we couldn't eat it all quick enough. And in the safety of our dark and our cold garage, the little moths, eventually, they set up their little homes 
in our little pasta boxes. And there was plenty of pasta for the little moths to munch on. It was a lifetime supply of pasta if you were a moth, right? And so the little moths had all their little eggs. And then their little eggs had little baby moths. And lots of them lived inside of our little pasta boxes too. True story. Now, uh, we have a very small pantry in our little kitchen, And so naturally, we would run out of the pasta boxes in our little pantry, and we'd grab the extra pasta boxes from the garage, and we'd place them in our little pantry. And then the little moths made their home in the little pantry in our little kitchen. And our little pantry, also very dark, dark, dark place, it was warm. And it was a safe place to stay hidden in the dark, where the moth, who liked to consume all things, he did that. A lot of them did in our little pantry in the dark. And when it became uh, spaghetti dinner night, when that is planned, which is a lot of times in my house, we opened our little pantry door. And the little moths who were stuck in the darkness for so long, uh, they finally mustered up the courage to become vulnerable. And the moths fluttered out of the darkness and they were drawn toward the light and their little tiny feathery wings, their little vulnerable wings, they flew toward that great light out of the dark. That light, because just like in another gospel that John wrote, that light shines in the darkness in the darkness, cannot overcome the light. So we had to take an inventory of every single item in our little pantry. And what we thought to be treasure, uh, everything that we thought was good, the dry pasta, everything, um, it was, had been consumed by the moths in the dark. And so it had to be exposed and it had to be discarded to make room only for what God knew we already needed just so we could live today. Jesus is our great and mighty teacher. And when we stay steady in the gospels, in the good news of Jesus Christ, when we work our step four in prayer and on paper, Jesus teaches us that we must not store up any longer any of our earthly treasures. Jesus teaches us that we should keep our treasures stored up for heaven. And he declares to us, I'm your teacher and I'm your real treasure. When we fix our eyes on him, when we're singularly focused on our Savior, walking by his light and no longer in the dark, we're healthy, we're free, and we're rescued our teacher, Jesus. And Jesus is our most gracious teacher when it comes to vulnerability. Not in his weakness, but already victorious. He offered himself freely, wounded, battered and torn and completely vulnerable. He died for us on his cross in our place. And although it seemed dark just for a little while, the darkness could not overcome the light 
of our faithful teacher. He walked out of a borrowed tomb alive. And he walks with us today and he calls on us to spread our little vulnerable wings from a place of that dark, dark fear, but also courageous to become completely vulnerable in his light for our rescue. And we've got some little paper crosses and some little pins up here right behind me. If you wanna put your inventory on a little piece of paper, if you wanna write it down on the cross of Jesus, you can do that tonight. You can start your step four and you can leave it here on the altar and you can offer it to Jesus. And as the band plays, you can come as you sense his invitation from your teacher for his rescue. Moving out of that darkness, stepping into his great light for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also on earth as it is in heaven. It's the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. As you journey into your next moment or your next 24 hours of recovery, know that you are worthy, loved, and welcome at Recovery at Powell any Thursday night from 5.45 p.m. to 8.45 p.m. Check us out online at powellchurch.com and visit the recovery link for more information. Let's close with the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change the courage to change the things that I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, taking as Jesus did, this sinful world as it is and not as I would have it, trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will, so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever and the next. Amen.